scripture reading for today is Isaiah 5, 20 through 23. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Woe to men mighty at drinking wine. Woe to men valiant for mixing intoxicating drink, who justify the wicked for a bribe and take away justice from the righteous man. Good morning. It's good to see everybody here this morning. I'm humbled and thankful for the privilege to speak from God's word this morning. I would first like to thank Dylan for his songs that he selected. It's probably not one of the easier lessons to select songs for. I'd like to go beyond that and thank the brethren here, the elders, the deacons, and all the servants that labor for Christ here. Uh, Get this thing going. Ty, it's not. afraid of a glitch. <laughs> we we can we can continue without the, the overhead. That's I'll give it just a second and see if we can figure it out. Okay, there we go. No, it's it's fine. <laughs> I needed a moment to think about what I'm saying anyway. Uh, this morning's lesson is taken from Isaiah, a passage in Isaiah chapter five and verse twenty. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Um, So what happened to old-fashioned sin? Our society has tried to whitewash and rename all sorts of sins and make them respectable. Just a few years ago, a couple living together without the benefit of marriage was practically unheard of, and it was called what it is, adultery. Look at what sin is called in the gospel from the book of John, chapter 8, verses 3 through 11. Now the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in the act of adultery, and after placing her in the center of the courtyard, they said to him, Teacher, This woman has been caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. What then do you say? Now they were saying this to test him, 
so that they might have grounds for accusing him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground. When they persisted in asking him, he straightened up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him be first to throw a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Now when they heard this, they began leaving, one by one, beginning with the older ones, and he was left alone. And the woman, where she was, in the center of the courtyard. And straightening up, Jesus said to her, Woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? She said, No, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go, from now on, do not sin any longer. So the scribes and Pharisees were right in calling it adultery, but they were wrong in their attitude and motive. Jesus called it what it was, sin. Now couples living together outside of wedlock are both common and called respectable. From Isaiah 5, 18 through 24, which contained our scripture this morning, woe to those who drag wrongdoing with the cords of deceit and sin as if, it, if, as if with cart ropes, who say, let him hurry, let him do his work, quick, work quickly, so that we may see it and let the plan of the Holy One of Israel approach and come to pass so that we may know it. Woe to those who call good evil, evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Woe to those who are heroes in drinking wine and valiant men in mixing intoxicating drink who declare the wicked innocent for a bribe and take away the rights of the ones who are in the right. Therefore, as a tongue of fire consumes stubble and dry grass collapses in the flame, so their root will become like rot and their blossom blow away like dust, for they have rejected the law of the Lord of armies and discarded the word of the Holy One of Israel. The evil of premarital and extramarital sex is being called good by so many in today's society. You can turn to Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, which says, Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are sexual immorality, impurity, indecent behavior, idolatry, witchcraft, hostilities, strife, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I forewarn you, just as I have, have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So let us notice a few of the many evil things that people, even some in the church, are calling good. Most are calling the evils of denominalization, denominationalism, <laughs> good. <clears throat> Some so-called gospel preachers are saying that there are saved people in the denominational churches and are advocating fellowship with them. Some are conducting joint worship services with the denominations, exchanging pulpits with them and referring to them as our brethren. There, we should notice there is one church from Matthew 16 and 18. And I say to you that you are Peter, 
and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. And from Ephesians 4 and, and verse 4, there is one body and one spirit, just as you also were called in one hope of your calling. <clears throat> from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 and 13, and verse 20, for just as the body is one and yet has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. And then verse 20, but now there are many parts but one body. From Romans chapter 12 verses 4 and 5. <laughs> Did I go one too far? The next power bullet points up there. For just as we have many parts in one body, and all the body's parts do not have the, the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually parts of one another. From Colossians verse 3 and 15, Let the peace of Christ, to which you were indeed called in one body, rule in your hearts and be thankful. Denominationalism divides, but Christ prayed for unity. From John chapter 17 verses 20 to 21, I'm not asking on behalf of these alone, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. Woe unto us if we are too timid and cowardly to stand up and to speak for the one church of the New Testament. How does that keep advancing? this ironed out for today. Might be just a little longer sermon than I'd intended. <laughs> so, so many are calling the evils of materialism good. We are living in a, in a materialistic age. Even the church has become materialistic. Our materialistic society is deceiving and undermining our brethren. The Lord's people must by all means recognize material for materialism for what it is. Notice the teaching of our Savior on this subject. From Matthew chapter 16 verses 9 through 21, verse 24, verse 33, and then chapter 16 and verse 26. Matthew 6, 9 through 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to, to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided to you. And then chap- Matthew chapter 16 and verse 26. For what good will it do a person if he gains the whole world? but forfeits his soul? Or what will a person give in exchange for his soul? Now we're right where we need to be. (laughs) Another evil that is being called good is the sin of indifference. Uh, Many say, just don't bother me. I'm comfortable just the way I am. The Lord condemned the church at Laodicea because they were indifferent. From Revelation chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. So why did he spew them out? Verse 16 and 17. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have no need of anything. And you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, Poor, blind, and naked. So how sad it will be for them in the judgment from Matthew chapter 25, verses 41 through 46. Then he will also say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed people, into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in, naked, and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they themselves also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or as a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it for one of the least of these, you did not do it for me either. These will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Whoop. All right. An evil that is being called good or well by the majority today is that of worldliness. One of the greatest problems that we have in the church today is worldliness. Divorce, once a rarity among brethren, is now a major problem. How many congregations do you know of that doesn't have a problem with divorce and remarriage? One congregation said, we have no problem with it. We just accept them as they are without question. Woe unto the elders who take that kind of an attitude. The Bible still teaches that there is one and only one scriptural ground for divorce and remarriage. From Matthew 19, verses 3 through 9. Some Pharisees came to Jesus, testing him and asking, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason at all? And he answered and said, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, no person is to separate. They said to him, 
Why then did Moses command to give her a certificate of divorce and send her away? He said to them, because of your hardness of heart, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it has not been this way. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another woman commits adultery. So fornication is the only ground for divorce and remarriage, and only the innocent party may remarry. This is applicable to both Christians and non-Christians. Drinking is common among some church members. Many preachers and elders say that the Bible does not condemn social drinking, but the Bible teaches that drinking is a sin, whether social or otherwise. From Proverbs 20 and verse 1, and Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 15, Proverbs 20 and 1, wine is a mocker, intoxicating drink a brawler, and whoever is intoxicated by it is not wise. And then from Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 15, woe to him who makes his neighbor drink, pressing him to your bottle, even to make your neighbors drunk so as to look at his nakedness. Homosexuality is referred to as an alternate lifestyle. Some say God made the homosexual and that there's nothing he can do about it. He blames his sin on God. From 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexual immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor those habitually drunk, nor verbal abusers, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. So, a Christian cannot love the world nor the things of the world. From 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Do not love the world nor the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. The world is passing away and also its lusts, but the one who does the will of God continues to live forever. So worldliness must most certainly must be opposed, pointed out, and taught against by the Lord's people. More and more members of the church are calling liberalism good. There's a view that liberalism is the greatest single threat to the church today. Liberalism is hard to define because it takes on so many faces. About the best simple definition of liberalism is the undermining of the authority of the scriptures. What are the liberals teaching? There are saved people in the denominations. One can be saved by denominational baptism. It is not a sin to use mechanical instruments of music in worship. Hand clapping is acceptable in worship. Women may preach teach and lead prayer and singing, etc., with men present in the assembly. And there are modern versions of the Bible that some say are more readable and understandable when in reality they lead to, can lead to error 
the, the best example I could give is one of uh, many of these versions could be 98 or 99 percent sound and accurate, but their one or two percent can be compared to one or two percent of rat poison. One or two percent rat poison is still deadly. So we need to be careful with our translations. I would just say that the word for word translations are sound. When you drift off into the paraphrases and the thought for thought translations, then you're you're getting into deeper water and that could be a problem. Woe unto the elders and preachers that are calling these things good, which are evil and soul destroying. Another evil that perhaps most of us are guilty of calling good is self. From Proverbs 21 and verse 2, Every person's way is right in his own eyes, but the Lord examines the hearts. And then from chapter 12 and verse 5, There is a way... The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a person who listens to advice is wise. Oftentimes we are our own worst enemy. How easy it is for us to justify the things that we do or fail to do that we ought to do. Living the Christian life is not always easy. Jesus said that if one would follow him, that he must deny himself, from Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. And he was saying to them all, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. We must present our bodies as a living sacrifice, from Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. There, these are discouraging times from Luke chapter 9 and verse 53. I'll read 51 through 55. When the days were approaching for his ascension, he was determined to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers on ahead of him, and they went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make arrangements for him. And they did not receive him because he was traveling towards Jerusalem. When his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. So these are discouraging times. Perhaps it's easier to call self good than any other thing because we are too much in love with self. Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. For though the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think. But to think, so think as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted each a measure of faith. Sometimes it is extremely difficult for man not to think of himself more highly than he ought. It is not easy to put self on the cross and Christ on the throne in our lives. We become prejudiced in favor of our own ways and beliefs. From Proverbs 21 and verse 2 and 12 and 15, which I just read, Every person's way is right in his own eyes. But the Lord examines the heart, and the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a person who listens to advice is wise. It takes a lot of spiritual strength and courage 
to recognize and admit to one to our own evils instead of trying to justify and call it good. That is what makes repentance such a big hurdle for so many people from Proverbs 16 and 18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. So the Bible is right. It does and will stand the test of the ages. It will stand when this old world is engulfed with flames. The entire world, including church members, will be judged by it. By the standards of the Bible, we will be justified or condemned. May we all persevere in living right and contending earnestly for the faith, standing up for Jesus until we are overtaken in death. But woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. So what is the world coming to? We're now in the year 2024, and many are fearful what the future holds for us. We wonder what this world is coming to. To the older Christians, it is certainly disturbing to see the present status quo or the mess our nation is in. Reflecting back to how things were in America during our growing up years, at that time we likely saw this country as truly the land of the free and the home of the brave. Our lives were more casual and serene. People were more content. And God, his son, and his word were honored and respected by the larger majority. We probably, probably do not have that same view today, even with the many advancements and improvements in science, medicine, technology, education, service organizations, and so on that have helped to raise our standard of living and make life easier. There still seems to be a feeling of uneasiness, insecurity, and uncertainty about the future. The country is in a state of turmoil morally, socially, politically, and spiritually, and things seem to be getting worse, not better. While we may think our present generation is the most wicked and perverse generation ever, it's not true. Every generation has been wicked, perverse, and evil. Some are just more open with their sinfulness than others. Jesus branded his generation as a faithless and perverse generation from Matthew 17 and verse 17, an adulterous and sinful generation from Mark 8 and 38. Later when the church was established on the day of Pentecost, the people were told to save themselves from a perverse generation, Acts, 20, Acts 2 and verse 40. And our generation today can be lumped right along with all past generations. Today, morality is no longer respected by many. People, especially among the young, practice all sorts of perverted sins, doing them openly with no sense of shame. But this is nothing new. God's prophet Jeremiah wrote about people with the same attitude in his day. He asks, were they ashamed when they had committed abominations? No, they were not at all ashamed, nor did they know how to blush. Jeremiah chapter 6, verses 15 and 16. Today, we may brag about the perversions that many brag about the perversions they practice and think it's strange that the moral and godly don't join them in their sinful activities. From 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, for the time already passed is sufficient for you to have carried out the desire of the Gentiles, having pursued a course of indecent behavior, lusts, drunkenness, carousing, drinking parties, and wanton idolatries. In all this, they are surprised that you do not run with them in the same excesses of debauchery, and they slander you. 
Socially and politically, Jeremiah saw his people as well as the priests and prophets or, and the politicians of that day. And their city, Jerusalem, of his day, the way we see our society, politicians in Washington, D.C. today. She is full of oppression in her midst, as a fountain wells up with water, so she wells up with her wickedness. Violence and plundering are heard in her. Before me continually are grief and wounds, because from the least of them, even to the greatest of them, everyone is given to covetousness. And from the prophet, even to the priest, everyone deals falsely. They have also healed the hurt of my people slightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. From Jeremiah chapter 6, verses 17 and 13 and 14. Yes, our nation is disintegrating rapidly, and one day, sooner or later, will face the wrath of God. The pronouncement made by Isaiah for God still holds true. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, and who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Woe to men mighty at mixing drink. Woe to men valiant for mixing intoxicating drink, who justify the wicked for a bribe and take away justice from the righteous man. Isaiah 5, 20 through 23. The things written above just remind you of the wickedness of this world. And it will not get any better because the way or the course of this world is directed by the prince of the power of the arrow, the devil. And he is not going to let it get any better. Those who follow him or walk after the world are sons of disobedience who conduct themselves after the lust of the flesh to fulfill the desires of the flesh and mind and by nature children of wrath from Ephesians 2, 2 and 3. In the futility of their mind, having understanding, their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardening of their heart, who being past feeling, have given themselves over to licentiousness and to work all uncleanness with greediness. Ephesians 4, 17 through 19. So what is this world coming to? It is headed for destruction. When the cup of the wrath of God has filled to the brim, God will bring judgment to bear. On that day, the world and its lust will pass away, 1 John 2 and verse 16. And the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up, 2 Peter 3 and verse 10. So don't expect 2024 to get any better. Just remember that as Christians, we live in this world, but we are not to live like the world, John 17, 14 through 16. Here we are just pilgrims and sojourners, 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12, traveling toward a better country, Hebrews 11 and 16, where our true citizenship is found, Philippians 3 and verse 20. So while living in this old sinful world, make sure we conduct ourselves as children of God. Pray for our country and our leaders, 1 Timothy 2, 1 and 2, and 1 Peter 2 and 13. Pray for our enemies, return good for evil. Matthew 5, 43 through 48, and Romans 12, 9 through 21. Practice love, not hate. Seek peace, not turmoil. Have faith, not fear. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. If this message would appeal to anybody and you would do the good thing to be obedient to Christ and his gospel in the waters of baptism, or if you are a member but have need for prayers of the church, would you come forward as we stand and we sing?